Okay. Um, so we left off really in the middle of the discussion uh, at the bottom of Tadial from base. Um, we have been talking about the question of agad klishme agad. In other words, uh, when you have multiple items in a container. So say you take out, you are moitzi, the, the individual takes out the container um, into another rishus um, on, on Shabbos. And many of the items, or even one of the items, which is in the container, is now wholly outside uh, the previous rishus in the second rishus. However, uh, the container itself is still partially in the first rishos. So do we say, agad klishme agad, do we say that the one, um, the, uh, do we say that the, the fact that part of the vessel remains, um, so do, do we say that part, with the fact that part of the, the vessel remains, um, does that have to do with, uh, does that create, uh, does that cause the, the contents of the box to be considered as not being outside? Or uh, do we say that, no, ultimately, those pieces are still in the box? Just one sec, Baruch. All right. So anyway, so uh, that's the question that we're dealing with here. So the Gemara had asked a question based on the case of somebody who steals a wallet on Shabbos, someone who... Um, Someone who attempts to who removes a, a bag full of money from a house on Shabbos. Now we see, uh, we know the halacha is that he's chayiv, even though technically he is chayiv misa for violating Shabbos. And generally, generally, when somebody has a capital punishment lined up, um, or even if they didn't know, even the shogeg, even an unintentional violation of a capital offense, that removes um, their liability for. Um, that removes their liability for uh, monetary offenses. However, in this scenario, the Gemara says, uh, somebody who steals a, a bag of money, he's mechal Shabbos before he's actually kind before he actually um, uh, uh, acquires the, uh, the money. Right? He's, uh, he, or the, the opposite, I'm sorry. He, 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 he is chayev for stealing the money before he's actually um, comes to Esther Shabbos before he violates Shabbos because he, ha- he puts down the bag of money only later. However, if he's dragging it, if he's dragging it, if he never picks it up, he's going to be putter. Why? Because in fact, the Isser Geneva, the, the transmission of the money into his, uh, his at least his illegal, his illicit um, um, rishos, but nonetheless his rishos, and the violation Shabbos, of Shabbos happened at the same moment. So the Gemara says, presumably this... Uh, this proves that agad kli loishme agad that uh, the fact that the container is still partially inside does not constitute a violation of Shabbos because uh, excuse me does not the fact that kli is, is, is still inside does not stop it from being a violation of Shabbos. You don't say, oh well, the vessel is still inside, so therefore the contents are still inside. Uh, we don't say that because. Uh, if we did say that, the Isser Geneva, you'd be liable for the theft as soon as you, uh, as soon as you pull the sack outside. Um, but you wouldn't be liable for the actual Isser Shabbos, the violation of Shabbos, until the entire sack was brought outside. So the Gemara says that would be true. This is where we left off yesterday, on Friday. That would be, yeah, yesterday, Friday. <laughs> that would be true um, if you were pulling the sack um, via its mouth. 
and the, the mouth, the sack exited the house first. And so then because of your ability to access the contents of the sack, at that moment, the thief would be liable for his theft. And only later, when the entire sack left the house, only a few moments later, would he be liable for his violation of Shabbos, if indeed we hold that Agad Klishme Agad, that uh, the vessel binds things, which is a legitimate uh, uh, claim. However, in this scenario, the case is that you took it out sideways. So since you took it out sideways, uh, you didn't have access to the contents. And having access to the contents bears directly on whether or not you acquire it. Um, so uh, you didn't acquire it until you brought the entire sack outside. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. And we're th the last three words inside the alpha and base. Isn't there the stitch, the, the, the seam on the side of the sack? I could just rip that open and access the contents. No big deal. So says the Gemara, right? The boy mafkale b'shokel. All I have to do is is pop it open. I can tear open the sack and access the contents. Says the Gemara, the nascha. You know what the case in fact is talking about an ingot. It's talking about a bar of, uh, of silver or gold or the like. And therefore, um, and therefore, uh, the, the it actually doesn't really matter what angle you're dragging the sack at. It's funny. Usually the Gemara would say something like this: Ella b'nascha. In other words, we're we're, we're changing our we're changing our mind. We're taking a different approach. So, but uh, Morris is really just saying that since these are large um, large pieces of silver, you're not going to be you're not going to acquire them, quote unquote acquire because you're a thief. But you're not going to acquire them um, until the entire bar of silver, which of course means the entire bag as well, is outside. So that's how we dodge. This question. Now, ask the Gemara of a Kaven since bags have drawstrings, so Mapiglead Pume, Vishari Vishakil, Vishnotsin, Agivimigavoy. The Gemara raises another problem. I can take it out until the uh, entire bag, right? The entire, uh, the entire, the mouth of the sack is out. Vishari and Vishari Vishakil, and I can open up and remove the bars of silver. Vishnotsin, Agivimigavoy. And after all, the uh, the uh, well, f we find that the bars of silver, the, excuse me, the the, stra the the drawstrings are still lying inside. So uh, that would be they are, after all, part of the vessel. And since part of the vessel is still inside, I should see it. I should say that uh, the um, the contents of the sack for Shabbos purposes are still viewed as being inside, while from a monetary perspective, I'm already high for the Geneva. And again, I should not be putter because of the principle of Kimle, which would generally uh, exempt me from paying a monetary payment when I have a capital offense, because the capital offense hasn't occurred until the drawstrings leave the house. Says the Yumara, the Lekashnatsen, the case is that there are no drawstrings. Okay. By saying uh, another possibility is that it has drawstrings and the drawstrings are wrapped, they're not dragging behind it, they're up at the top. Okay, no big deal. That's the thing. In other words, we can come up with cases which are not necessarily violating this principle. So, too, says says, Rava, we only uh, applied this halacha, the one we've been talking about, and this is exactly a repeat of the discussion that took place on the previous Amud uh, between Chizki and Rabbi the whole halacha only applies to a box full of long, uh, 
uh, large vegetables, uh, squashes and gurus. If it's full of little mustard seeds, chayev. Chayev, right, and once part of the container is outside the rishos, many of the whole mustard seeds have been brought out, and we don't care about the fact that part of the container is still inside. He doesn't care that part of the container is still inside. Abaya says, even if it's full of mustard seeds, you're going to be potter. He holds that the vessel indeed, by, indeed binds its contents to the inside where it came from. Says the Gemara, This is a historical fact. It's not something that the Gemara is proving from another text. We're saying we know, we have a part of our tradition that Abaya and Rava um, came around to each other's opinions on this. In other words, they switched places. Now, ask the Gemara, Right. Once we've established that, we have another quotation from Abayan Rava, which contradicts their second positions, their positions after they exchanged opinions. The Itamar says, Somebody who carries fruit, uh, produce out in Dershus Omar, Biyad, in the hand, Chayev, he's Chayev. Right, and what's the case? The case is, Rashi explains that uh, he's, his body has remained somewhat inside. But he stuck his hand out. So Abayah says, I should remind you of the first part. Abayah says, um, in the hand he's chayev, right? Because we don't say that yadoy basar grufa greer. We don't say that his hand is attached to his body. I mean, of course, it's attached to his body, but we don't say that it is dragged after his body. Um, but Klee Potter, however, if it's in a container, he's going to be Potter. In other words, he must hold. So if you have a container that's partially inside, partially out, and some of the pairs, some of the items in the container are out. Um, Abaya is now saying um, that you're going to be putter. Why? Because Agad Kli Shemei Agad. Now that was the position that's officially Abaya rejected, that Abaya used to hold and now rejected. For Rav Omar, and Rav says vice versa. Yad Potter, he holds that um, your hand is connected to your body, and if your body's inside, then your hand's also inside, even though it's outside. And the Kli, if it's in a container, Chayev. Now he's saying that Agad Kli Lo Agad. He's saying since some of the contents of the box are outside, that's enough to make you a Mechal Shabbos. So again, that's the position he purportedly used to hold and rejected. So why was he saying it again now? This seems like the sort of thing the Gemara could say, you know, oh, this is actually from before he changed his mind. But apparently, we know that that's not the case. Or alternatively, we have a better Teretz, a Teretz we prefer to say, which is Eipuch, change it around. Change it around, says the Gemara. Now the Gemara asks, Biyad Chayit, can there really be an opinion, which is the opinion of uh, Abaya, that Biyad Chayit, that in fact, uh, when you have stuff in your hand, if your body's inside, but you put your hand outside, you consider it to be Haitza. Is there anyone who really disagrees with the, with the idea of Yadav Basagufa Greer? Ask the Gemara, but nah, didn't we learn? Pashat Baalbais is Yadav Lachot. The Baalbais extended his hand outside the Nataha Ani Mitaycha, and the Ani, the pauper, took from inside his hand. The case where the, uh, the person standing inside, picked something up inside, extended his hand outside without putting it down, and the Ani, the person standing outside, took it and removed it from his hands. So, um, or vice versa, he placed something into the outstretched, the hand which was outstretched outside, which was then drawn inside. Shnei and Peturim, they're both Pater, right? Because the Akhir and Hanacha are, are, are split up. They're not shared by this. No one, no, neither of them did an Akira and the Hanacha, um, an Akira in one Rishas and Hanacha in the next Rishas on his own. 
Says the Gemara, you're right. There's a different factor at play over there. Over there, it's not because of Agad Kufa. It's not because that Yadav Basar Gufa greater. That's not the phenomenon. What's actually going on is that the... Um, um, the 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 fellow is putting is sticking his hand out above, which is the norm, above three tefachim, above three tefachim in the air. Since it's above three tefachim in the air, um, uh, there is a, there is um, there is a presumption that it was not put down. But over here, right over here, since it's under three tefachim, it's as if it's on the ground. It's as if it's on the ground, and therefore, um, and therefore. Uh, it is as if it is because because it's so close to the ground's airspace. It doesn't. Um, it, it qualifies as if it's been put down on the floor. Um, and the reason that you're that you're putter before is not the reason that you're putter in the case of the Ani the Balabais again is not because of the other Basikufi Greer. That, that, that's not necessarily the case. It could also be that simply it's as if the the item has not been put down, even though your hand is free of your body. It's considered to be a separate discussion, right? And that's really the sugya that we learned in the first part. This this must be where the uh, where the chimney joke came from. Which one? You know you know, you know the chimney joke. No. About uh, oh, about uh, some somebody wanted to start studying Gomorrah, so uh, Rabbi says to him, uh, "Well, you know, you can start studying Gomorrah, but uh, but you you have to be able to solve solve this question first. And the guy says, "Oh oh sure, no problem." So he says, "Well, you know, two two guys came down a chimney, and when they got to the bottom, there was a mirror." And one of them was dirty, one of them wasn't dirty. And they looked in the mirror, which, which one went and, and washed right away? And the guy said, well, uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry, I, I told it wrong. There was no mirror. They, they, mm-hmm. they came down the chimney, and they, and one, but one of them was dirty, one wasn't dirty. So which one, which one went to wash? The guy said, oh, yeah, not, no problem. The, you know, the dirty one went, went to wash. And the guy said, the rabbi said, no, 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 that can't be the case. Obviously, you know, the guy who was dirty looked at the guy who was clean, thought they were both clean. The guy who was <laughs> clean looked at the dirty one. But dirty, he, so, so the clean one went to wash. <laughs> So, so, so he said, okay, I got another question for you. Okay. He said, uh, well, um, wh- you know, wh- which one, uh, the two, two guys came down a chimney and one of them came out dirty, one came out clean, uh, which one went to wash? And uh, the guy said, oh, I won't be fooled by this, this one, this again. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, you know, I, I know the answer. It's a clean one to wash. The rabbi said, no, no, no. They, they, they looked at them. So they each one looked at their hands. Then the one who was dirty looked at it. He knew he was dirty. He said, oh, no, you didn't get the answer. He said, no, no, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. So the rabbi said, okay, one more chance. Two guys came down a chimney. <laughs> one of them came out clean. One of them came out dirty. Which one washed? And the guy said, "Oh, yeah, now I know the answer. It was the dirty one who washed." And Robert looked at him and he said, "What? You, you, you're a fool. Two guys came down a chimney. Only one of them was dirty. That can't be." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very, very accurate description. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so this the last discussion reminded me a little, a little bit about that. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay, well, yeah, it's, you're, not, you're not far off. All right. Yeah. All right, next, next Fair question. Enough. Yeah, never heard that one before. Okay, all right, let's move it along. Nuishna, Hamoitzi, somebody who carries something out, whether it's in his right hand, whether it's in his left hand, in his, uh, wraps up in his, uh, in his bosom, or uh, on his shoulder, 
Why? Shekane Masa B'nei Kahas, right? Bearing things on one's shoulder is how the B'nei Kahas carry things. That's how the people of Kahas carry things. So that's a normal way to carry things. Um, in other words, you might think that all those other previous methods described of carrying those are normal, but perhaps uh, shoulder carrying is not. No B'nei Kahas carried that way. On the back of his hand, the ragway on his foot, the fifth in his mouth, actually, what means. either means his elbow or his armpit. The aznai in his ear, in his hair, in his money belt, with its mouth facing downwards, which is not a normal way to carry things. Between his money belt and his uh, tunic, um, or at the hem of his tunic, um, in his shoe, in his sandal, putter. Why should None of these are normal ways to carry. Okay. Says the Gemara. Somebody who carries a masoy, a burden, above 10 tfachim, he is chayv. Why should he masoy? This is how b'nei kahas carried. Uh, some things as well. So that's also a form of carrying that's normal. So how do we know? That a master custom on how do we know the sift? The Pasik says, Al Hamishkan Bahamizbeh Sof. The Pasik says, um, the Pasik uh, compares in Bamidbar the uh, the uh, the Mishkan and the Mizbeach. Now the Mishkan and the Mizbeach, Makish Mishkan Mizbeach the Mishkan. We see the Mizbeach and Mishkan are compared. Man Mishkan Yud Amis happens Bech Yud Amis. Just as the Mishkan is ten Amis tall, so too the Mizbech is ten Amis tall. Now when Mishkan Bufeminon, how do we know the Mishkan is ten Amis tall? The Siv Esra Amis Erech We know that the beams were ten Amis long, the beams of which the Mishkan were constructed. And he spread the tent over it. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. He spread the tent over the Mishkan. Viyomar Rab and Rab said Moshe Rabbeinu. Parsley, Moshe Rabbeinu spread it out. We know that the Levim must have been ten, a very famous, mysterious Medrash. The Levim were giants, they were ten amas tall. With Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a lady, was ten amas tall. Ugemiri. Now we have a general rule. The Chol Tuna, every load, the Midli Bemaitois, which is born on poles, Tilsa Mila El, Utre Tilsi Mila Tachas. All these loads, all these pole born loads, had two thirds of their height below the poles. And one third of their height above the pole. Ishtakach, to have a midli tuva. Right? So we find that the bottoms, because they were so tall, because the Levium were so gigantic, these, the loads they were carrying were well over 10 tfachim from the ground. Right? Imagine they were carrying, the, for example, they carried the, uh, uh, they would carry the Mizbeach. Um, the, um, they would carry the Mizbeach. So uh, that was 10 amis tall. They were 10 amis tall. They were carrying it on poles. So you have to imagine that a third of its height, right? There was a gap consisting of a third of its height between the bottom of it and the ground. And therefore, and that gap was a lot more than, uh, right? It's three and a third uh, um, amos, which is way more than tenfa. Okay. The Ibai Zemus has become another another possible source. May Arain from the Arain from the Ark. The Amar Mar Arain Tisha. The Arain is nine tefachim tall. The Kafir is tefach. Its cover is another tefach. That's ten tfach. Ugemiri, we know the call tuna de midli bemoita is tilsimila elvetri tilsimila ra. Okay, the same idea, uh, just in uh, just in Aramaic now. The, the 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 any load born on poles is a third of its height above the pole and two thirds below the pole. Now you'd have a cut. We find that uh, the um the uh, the um 
the what do you call it? The um, the urin, the bottom of the urin would have been um, lower than you, uh, higher, excuse me, than ten fachim, because most people are, let's say, to almost tall. Um, that would leave the very uh, the bottom of the urin kodesh hovering just above ten fachim. Um, that's the marvel of the government Moshe. What was wrong with the previous way of doing things, learning from Moshe Rabbeinu? Says the Gemara, Dilma Moshe Shani, maybe Moshe was unique. Shechina only rests on somebody who's, uh, who's wise and, and uh, physically uh, strong and uh, wealthy and tall, someone tall. Okay, a little discrimination there. Somebody who carries something on Shabbos on his head, has to bring because the people of a place called Hutzel, they do this. They carry things on their heads. African style, I suppose. Says the Gemara, is, are the people of Hutzel, does that constitute Ruba Da'alm, the majority of the world? This is what must have been said. A person of Hutzel who carries something on his hand on Shabbos, he is Chayev. Why should Cain B'nai Iroi Oysa came for the people of his town? Do things like this. Maybe we should say the people of Hutzel are irrelevant because the people of Hutzel don't know what they're doing. Says the Gemara, Eli Yitmar, right? Who cares what they do? It's not the norm. This, in fact, is what must have been said. Somebody who carries out a masoy, a burden on his head, puffer, he is puffed. And you may want to carry, counter by saying, hey, the people of Hutzel carry things that way. To, to you, we say, we're not interested in what this small minority of people does. Okay. New Mishnah. Somebody who intended to carry something out, um, let's say he, Rashi says that he tied the item into his tunic, into his clothes, and somehow, some way, he got his clothes, his clothes uh, ended up backwards, and the item ends up behind him. Potter, he's Potter, that's clearly not a normal way of carrying. Now, that, that's on, on the face of it, I should say, uh, what, what we would think, but we're going to see in a moment, that's not exactly what's going on. Because, um, if somebody indeed intended to put them in front of him, and then he ended up with the stuff, in, uh, excuse me, behind him, and he ended up with them in front of him. So what's going on? So Rashi explains, the Mark explains as well, that what's going on here is not really uh, normal versus abnormal, because it is both of those ways are valid methods of carrying something. What's actually happening is, uh, is that the, the, we have a problem with this of intent. When a person, um, when a person, uh, when a person wants to um, wants to tie something in front of him and it ends up behind him, it, he, he, uh, that's a failure to fulfill his intent. That's not what he intended to do. The question, of course, becomes: Why is the reverse case high? The Gemara is going to explain. The Gemara says, They said, in truth, a woman who wraps herself um, with a sinar, which is like a, a, a sort of um, short pants that she might wear under a, a longer skirt. Uh, if she's carrying something, if she's tied something into her sinar, so whether in front of her, whether behind her, she is because uh, it's not, you can't claim that she didn't have intent because this type of garment uh, gets twisted around very easily. Even people or or, or piskin people who uh, who uh, who pass messages for the uh, for the government. Uh, there seems to be some question how to understand the, the, the case exactly. Um, Rashi says that 
I'll stick with Rashi just because uh, we generally, that's a general rule. We generally stick with Rashi, even though Rashi himself says it's not, it's not his favorite chat. He says, leave him a gam game. I'm not so certain about this chat. He heard it from Surbayan, but he says that basically the way the post worked, and I do know that the English, even in the 17th, 18th centuries, the post, uh, international post often worked this way. You, you pass it to the first ship you met. So the idea basically was, uh, I'm in charge of getting a message through the Royal Post, so I would hand off the message to somebody and he would run off with it. And uh, in some scenarios, as we're going to see in the Gemara, I would end up just giving it to whoever was going in the right direction. So anyway, um, so therefore, uh, the, the review is saying that, um, that, uh, that even though, um, even though uh, there, there might be a scenario in which I give it to a person who I didn't mean to give it to, that's not a violation of the principle of uh, of uh, of miscavi. Okay, right, because it doesn't really matter which whether I give it to Fred or to Barney, right? Uh, my intent was to get it out. Uh, and the fact that I originally intended to give it to Fred uh, doesn't mean my giving it to Barney is loyim's kaimamachshafta. Okay, says the Gemara, the Potter. Why exactly do we say that when, it's in, when you intended to tie it in front of you and it ended up behind you, your potter delays? Because what I wanted to do didn't happen. So, the same thing is true in the other direction. When I wanted to put it behind me, it ended up in front of Tavra. You know what? You're right. The mission is broken. It's, it, it has two components to it that don't belong together. The person responsible for saying the first part didn't say the second. It's not necessary to say Tavra Dilma, perhaps. The fun of the reason your putter in the first scenario where you intended to put it up in front of you and ended up behind you is that you meant to give it Shmir Mu'ula. You meant to tie it in front of you um, where you'd have your eye on it. And it ended up behind you. So I meant to do uh, you know an eight out of ten Shmira, and I only ended up with a four out of ten Shmira. However, um, uh, I meant to do out of a four out of ten, but also if you have the Shmir Mula and I ended up with an eight out of ten, well, four is, is contained within eight. So in other words, I'm certainly happy. You can't claim that I'm not happy with the outcome, and therefore uh, I might be high. It makes sense to sample. So it says the Gemara, my kusha. So what then would bother us? The diuk, the implication of the mission is, is a difficulty. Why? Somebody who intended to carry something tied in front of him and end up behind him, potter is potter. However, if somebody who intended to tie it behind him and end up, in fact, being behind him, right, he's high. Aim a safer compare the end. Compare. The Seifa, the Seifa says that if I intended to put it behind me and I put it in, and it ended up in front of me, I'm chayiv. The implication is that if I intended to put it behind me and in fact ended up behind me, I'm going to be putter. So it's a contradiction in terms of implications. So Amr Belazer, so it's much better to say, Tavra Misha Shamazule Shamazule. Belazer says, in other words, the true context is, or Belazer actually said was, that those competing diukim cannot stand and therefore we have to assume it's a broken mission. Amr Vashi, my kusha. He says, maybe, right, coming back to the chimney joke, uh, maybe it's a loimi boy. Loimi boy la'achrov, uboloi la'achrov, d'chayiv, d'savidim shafter. Make no mistake is what the Mishnah is saying. Of course, I don't have to tell you. Loimi boy means I don't have to tell you 
that if I if I did exactly what I set out to do, I tied it behind me and it ended up behind me. I'm chayv, of course, this avidim achshavta. My intent was done. Even if I tied it behind me, end up in front of me. This is the chiddush. I might think since. I didn't intend for it to end up in front of me. Maybe you should say it's a miskavin. I never intended for this to happen. Kamash Malan, and miskavin the shmirat pechusav also the other shemira I intended right for a four out of ten guard, guarding, and now I got an eight out of ten uh, safekeeping. So that's preferable. I'm perfectly happy with that, and I'm of course high. Says the Gemara, The truth is, you seem to think that if I put it behind me and it stays behind me and I carry like that, that's a simple thing. Says the Gemara, it's not a simple thing. It's a tanoi. It's a machlikis tanoi. Somebody who carries that money in his money belt, it's opening upwards. That's the normal way. If it's opening is downwards, this is your chayiv. Say your pot. Surely you can see um, that if it ends up behind him, right? If somebody ties something into his garment and it ends up meaning to put it behind him and it ends up behind him, that he's chayev. They counter to him. Don't you can see? Don't you can see that there's such a thing as carrying thing, something on the back of the hand or on the foot, um, which would be potter. So your case is like that. So I'm Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda commented, a little meta, he turned to the camera and said, um, I have something to say, and they had something to say, right? I couldn't find, right? I, I couldn't have, a, I couldn't find anything to answer them, and they couldn't find anything to answer me. Okay, that's the end of the conversation. From the fact that he says, don't you agree? Rabbanon must concede that in a case that when, in fact, when you tell, right, they agree to Rabbi Huda. Right? In other words, it's not a machlik, it's tanoim. It's even worse. Um, uh, everyone agrees that you're actually putter when you tie it, uh, when you meant to tie it behind you and it ends up behind you. Everyone agrees you're putter. What would be the pshat? That is a good question. Right, it says the Gemara. Uh, by that logic, uh, you would you you would one would tend to assume that um, that in the case that the Rabbanan brandished at Rabbi Huda and they said, "Don't you agree?" On the back of the hand, your father. That would mean um, uh, 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 that would mean that um, that Rabbi Huda is actually mechay. But Tanya asked the Gemara, "Lachin yadav ragloi." Right? Everyone agrees, not just not just the Rabban, but everyone agrees that on the back of the hand is Potter. So clearly that's not a proper way to read the Bryce. So to assume that when someone says Iyatamoidim, that means that up until now they weren't agreeing. So says the Gemara. Of course, everyone concedes that if it happened, if what exactly what you intended to happen happens, you tie the item behind you and it ends up behind you and you carry it like that, you're certainly chayim. Everyone agrees that if you carry something on the back of your hand or on your foot, you're pot. The whole Right, and again, it's amazing thing because this is the type of thing the Gemara does all the time, and we never struggle like this. It's a very straightforward thing. The Gemara, when someone says the they mean the Don't you agree to what we all agree on? 
So it's very strange that the Gemara needed to go through uh, 20 lines of Gemara to come out with something that, that uh, we would have been able to guess on our own. But that's not, we don't, uh, you know, we learned the daf around here, so we're not going to delve into that. But um, the Gemara says, what's the machlekes? One of them holds it like when, when exactly what you intended to happen happened, even though it's a funny way of carrying, right? You tied your clothes, it's a funny way of carrying, but ultimately the carrying happened and it happened in the, in, the, in the way you thought it would. You tied it in the back and ended up in the back. So the other opinion holds that no, it's like lachayad, it's like carrying on the back of your hand, and therefore your putter when you carry in your money belt with its opening pointed in. Okay. Pana says the Gemara, right? Because I'm sorry, I really should read the previous verse. We said, right? Truly, they said that a woman wearing these short pants is always five, says the Gemara. Whenever we say, that's the halach. In reference to the mail carriers, says the Gemara, the scribes of the king. Um, they do this. They hand off the letter to whoever happens to come by, even if it's not necessarily Fred, and they were looking for Fred, they'll give it to Barney, and that is good enough to say that, therefore, we know it's called miscaving, even if you originally intended to give it to messenger number one, because, after all, you don't really care whether messenger number two takes it, as long as it gets to its destination. Okay. A new Mishnah, and we'll read a little into the Gemara, and then we'll cut off. says, Somebody who carries out a loaf into Rishus HaRabim is Chayif. Ha'itziu Shnayim Petur, and if two took it out, they're Pater. Shnayim Shas, the two people who do something. Lo Yachol Echad, Lo Ha'itziu, 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 Ha'itziu Shnayim Chayav. If one person could not have done it on his own, so you go and get two to do it, then the two people are Chayif. Rav Shimon Pater, Rav Shimon says, no, you're Pater, in that case as well. Amar Vidu Amar Rav, Amil Amar Abayi, Amil Amar Masnis, a ton of lots of questions where the source of this statement is. If they're both able to carry this thing on their own, and then they go ahead and carry it together, Rabbi Meir Mechayev, Yehuda Rabbi Shimon Paitra. Rabbi Meir says Yechayev, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon say Yechayev. They're both unable. Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Meir Mechayev, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir say Yechayev, Rabbi Shimon Paitra, Rabbi Shimon says you're still Paitra. It's like the Mishnah. If one is able and one is unable, and they do it together, everyone agrees Yechayev. Who's Chayev? Rashi says we'll find out in the Gemara who's Chayev. We learned in Bryce as well. Somebody who carries a loaf out to If two took it out, if two took it out, Yehuda says, if right, if one person could not have taken it out, and two people end up taking it out, if not, they're Okay. Um, you know what? Let's actually, even though it's like three and a half, four lines from the bottom, but let's pick up from here tomorrow because that's the beginning of the larger sugi that we're going to get into then. Okay? All right. Sounds good. Thank you.